Hello, everyone. You're listening to In the Weeds, an agriculture podcast hosted by Monica Jean and the Michigan Field Crops team. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to another In the Weeds with Monica Jean and the Field Crops team at Michigan State University Extension. We got a full house today. There's four of us on here. Um, so we're going to take some time to do introductions, but we're going to be chit-chatting about drainage. And I just want to say that we're going to be discussing what's been happening down in the Lake Erie Basin. Um, but as we know, there's other impaired watersheds in Michigan. And for me, I really concentrate on what's happening in the Saginaw Bay, since that's my coverage area. And I feel like a lot of the lessons or what um, John, who's going to be talking today, a farmer down in that area, what he's doing or the research that Isan's doing very much could be applied into our area. Of course, things are different, a little different up here, but there are definitely lessons and practices that could benefit us. And so um, I'm excited to have all three of you on and we'll get started with introductions. So I have the very best guest um, co-host with me, Sarah Franzak. Would you introduce yourself, please? Sure. I'm Sarah Franzak. I'm an environmental management educator with MSU Extension. I'm based in Hillsdale County, but I cover the whole state. And I help farmers make good environmentally sustainable decisions on their farms. Uh, All right. And we're going to move on to uh, John. Do you mind introducing yourself? No, I don't. I'm I'm a uh... Presently, a corn, soybean, and wheat farmer here in Lenawee County, uh, Michigan. And uh, uh, let's see, I graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Food Systems Economics and Management in 1978 from Michigan State University. Go green, um, John. Woo. Yeah, go white. <laughs> anyway, I've, uh, I've uh, grown uh, navy beans, sugar beets in the past, and when I was young, we had a feeder cattle operation. So we've done a lot of things here on our farm. Well, thank you for joining us. I really love having farmers on here to ground truth the things that we do and give that perspective. And last but not least, Isan, could you please tell us about yourself? Yes, I'm Asan Gane. I'm an assistant professor and extension specialist in the Department of Biosystems and Agricultural Engineering at Michigan State. Uh, I work in the area of agricultural drainage and water quality. Wonderful. So that's the full house we've got going on. And I will just kick it right off into talking about the project that you two have together. Uh, could you tell us more about that project and what you've been doing? Well, um, I was approached by MSU, actually Tom Van Wagner and Isan, to, uh, to see if I'd like to participate in this project. And um, I've done filter strips and had already started uh, drainage water management on my farm. And so it seemed like a, a perfect fit to satisfy my curiosity and come up with something that we could educate the public with. 
So can you tell us more about the projects, the nuts and bolts of your project, Asan? So this is an on-farm experiment. The way it's different from a replicated product experiment is that we work closely uh, with our collaborating farmers uh, in this experiment. And the, the producers, they manage the farm they, as, as if um, there is no research. So they would plant their corn, soybeans, or fertilizer application. And so that, that makes the on-farm experiment unique because it's done on a large scale on a maybe 20 or 40 acre farm versus a small plot that is uh, very like half an acre. And so because it becomes large, it captures all of the variabilities, all of the really interesting things, and it makes a better result for the research. And for doing a research on controlled drainage, the, the, the one of the only ways that this could be done is with on-farm experiments on a large plot like this. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why uh, we've been working with John and all, and the other partners, producers on this project over the last few years since 2018. And we've collected lots of data, starting from the agronomic data, water quality data, weather data, so we could actually tell a story of how controlled drainage affects water quality. So it's a controlled drainage project on how many acres? Well, it depends on the, the site. Uh, on John's farm, uh, it's probably on approximately 40 acres total, I would okay. say. So it's controlled drainage, uh, like one 40-acre field or a couple fields? Two. Two each, fields. each of it is about 20 acres. Oh, about. Okay. So it's like a paired study? Exactly. It's a paired, we call it, it's a paired field experiment study. And it is an on-farm experiment because it's done on a large scale, like I mentioned, too. So um, tell us a little bit about the actual drainage structures. Yep. So when we say paired, that means that one of the 20-acre fields on the farm is managed under conventional free drainage as if there is no management involved. So, because that's the control, that's what you want to have to see, you know, what if, uh, what's going to happen if I don't do any management on this? Well, and then the other one, the other half, the other 20 uh, acres is the one that we actually implement control drainage or the management of drainage water or drainage water management. And so that's the other half. And with that management, then we can actually look at both and compare them to see, okay, in one, we managed it and the other, we didn't. How did that change um, the amount of nutrients that, you know, we are losing in the tile drainage system? Mm -hmm. So, John, how do you like your controlled drainage water management? Well, <clears throat> I had been doing it a, a few years before I started with Isan, but uh, um, I found that... Um, I can keep the root zone full of water to, to a certain extent. It depends on the year, of course. And it, it depends 
whether uh, on experience, uh, if you wait too long to shut your tile gates down, um, you're not going to collect any water. And I have found that leaving the root zone sat saturated to a point does not hurt yield. So um, I think it's a great concept for even for even to irrigate through them. Um, and, and along with the grid sampling and nutrient management, I sincerely hope that we can limit the nutrients that seem to keep showing up in our surface waters. Yeah, so this project's in the Western Lake Erie Basin, um, and there's a lot of work being done in the basin because of it's an area of concern. We've, uh, we've talked about um, the um, harmful algal blooms on the podcast before, so if you want to harken back to those, uh, maybe, maybe Monica will put them in the notes or something so be able to find them easier. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you could, so... Well, I think one, one thing um, we as farmers are very sensitive about, and, 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 and that's the algal blooms, because when uh, Toledo had its water crisis a few years ago, um, all the news people could say was, what those, it's those farmers. And that was upsetting, especially when we know that uh, sewage treatment plants and a lot of other things contribute to the nutrient runoff that the Western Lake Erie Basin experiences. Uh, the problem is agriculture can step up and try to help in this problem because if we can manage our drainage and some of those things, that's something that right now with present technology, they can't do with um, septic or um, sewage treatment plants. So farmers have really been asked to step up and, and uh, do more than their share to limit these nutrients. Yeah, I, I think that this gave farmers a, a chance to contribute to um, efforts for reducing nutrient load um, and really come to the table in a meaningful way. Um, so we can talk with regulators and, and those environmental groups and really we can come to an understanding about what we can all do better. Um, so how, Asan, could you tell me how this project helps with some of those nutrient management concerns? Exactly. <clears throat> so the nutrient uh, that is applied on the farm, some of it leaves with water it ends up in the tile drain pipe and it ends up in the ditch and eventually ends up downstream, whether it's, it could be Lake Erie, Saginaw Bay or other lakes in Michigan or, or other freshwater bodies. Typically that's where the phosphorus becomes an issue with the algal blooms. So um, we are looking at part of the puzzle there are other many other projects that are working on the nutrient management side of it, the soil health side of it. We're looking at the water management side. So the, the foundation for having a um, good crop yield and water quality are three things, soil health, nutrient management, water management. That's my foundation, that's, that's, and that's what I suggest and recommend. 
So as, as part of those three foundations that I mentioned, others are working on the soil health, nutrient management, those are critical. But those three need to come together to end up with an outcome of better crop yield and better water quality. So in the water quality part, foundation of the three, um, we're looking at the management system called controlled drainage, where we manage drainage water in the system. Um, because water moves, because the nutrients move with the water, so managing the water is expected to have an impact on the amounts of the nutrients that leave the farm. So uh, the project, this on-farm project, looks at how effective this control drainage system is on the farm and how how much can it reduce phosphorus. That's the most important part. Colleagues from, my colleagues uh, from other parts of the Midwest, the Mississippi River Basin, uh, they've studied the, the nitrogen part of it very thoroughly. So we're right, very yeah, clear about nitrate and nitrogen. We yeah. know that. Because we the talk about nitrogen all the time in like Iowa, Nebraska. It's a little different in the Great Lakes, right? Exactly. Because we're in there, we're surrounded by freshwater systems. Um, the phosphorus becomes top priority over the nitrogen, where it's in those states is the opposite. Nitrate is, is more important. Both are important, but it's just the order of importance here is comes for, uh, phosphorus comes first. Mm -hmm. So that's why um, there's lack of understanding. We need to understand, is this going to work? How does it affect concentration? How does it affect the load? Load is basically the pounds per acre of phosphorus that leaves the farm. And with all of the um, precious, valuable fertilizers that go on the farm, we want to have less of it going to, you know, end up leaving. That's why it's important. Can I add to that? Yeah. So one of the things that I talk a lot about um, when it comes to uh, climate change and uh, is that we see that we have bigger storms that um, tend to send more amounts of water down rivers faster. We get, and then we get flooding or we get scouring, right? Which adds to sediment in the water. And if we can slow that water down in the field and let it percolate in or let the crops use it, then ultimately we have less flooding downstream. We lose less sediment from the inside of the stream from scouring and and less nutrients that are attached to those sediments. So I think that's another added benefit of being able to retain some of that water in the field. Exactly. So uh, I'm going to repeat that in a different way. So controlled drainage dampens the peak of flow at the farm scale. That's, that's a very sciencey way of, of saying yeah, it. Yeah, it dampens the peak. So if you were going to get uh, um, the peak on a conventional drainage, the, the controlled drainage is going to just dampen it, make it a little bit weaker. And when, when it's weaker, then when the water ends up you know, downstream, it's got less erosive power. So that's that's one part of it is it's useful that it dampens the uh, peak. The major benefit would be the water quality and also the crop yield part of it. In years that are we have a growing season that is dry, um, and the rains come when when the management goes into control drainage, 
that water, like John mentioned, is beneficial for the crop in those years. There are some years, like the, the year 2019, it was raining so much that whether many didn't even plant, control drainage or not drainage, free drainage, it wouldn't affect the crop yield because rains are coming enough. But when it's dry and the management is done right, if you leave it, like John said, if you don't, if you don't put the stop logs in the structure early enough and you just leave it to like July or August, then it's just dry anyway. You're not gonna maintain and hold water. You gotta, you're gonna have to do it at the right time. But if you do do it at the right time, you'll have water enough for your crops at the times when it's drier. So like, like an insurance policy of water, would that yes. be accurate? Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you do it on time, and uh, because early early spring there's rain, and then if you do it on time and you hold the water, that solely means moisture is going to be higher in that soil. Then the next rain that comes, that soil is going to have some moisture to begin with, then the water is available for the crop versus the other one that drained all of the water out. It's going to need to wet the soil first and then um, hold some mm -hmm. water uh, in the soil for the crop. So that the control gene is going to have a benefit for crop yield in those certain dry years with a proper management. Right. I love that. Um, I, I always think, <laughs> I always think it's nice to show your neighbors up when you're doing the the right thing um so you get better yield and your crops look better and uh and you're doing the right thing environmentally that sounds like everybody wins there um i don't know uh, well i just want to say like so john is that like what does this all mean to you like have is that played out on your farm well and you feel like this is a really big advantage oh yes i i definitely do i i have over 25 structures on my farm now and uh, I, I obviously see the benefit. And to put it into a visual thing that isn't quite as scientific as you guys have been, but when, you notice, it, yeah, when you notice the tile running after a rain, um, that first 24 hours, you'll see a lot of silt load come out. Well, if you can slow that water down, you can actually see that we're not getting the silt load. So I, I really am encouraged to uh, see this uh, experiment through, through and see what we come up with uh, as far as data. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you're not losing your soil. Yeah, and I was gonna ask, John, do you feel like your soil may be the most important thing you have on your farm? I, I think so. All right. So this makes sense. Like <laughs> I'm getting that. All right. Yeah. So we think Asan's a nice guy, but uh, do you think that your cooperator relationship has been good for you in your farm? Oh, yes. I, I, I much appreciate the work we've done together and the meetings we've gone to and uh, been very, it, the dialogue has been interesting because um, I always have my farmer hat on at the meetings and Asan has his uh, scientist hat on at the meetings. So we get a lot of uh, different uh, angles to, to, to look at the same thing. And uh, it's interesting 
what we have to say. Sometimes we think it's conflicting information, but it isn't if you look at it from a scientific experimental angle. Mm-hmm. Was it easy to get involved as a cooperator or did you have any hiccups? Um, no, it, it, it was easy. Uh, I've always, I've always been an early adapter when it comes to conservation practices. And, uh, this just made sense and, and, uh, MSU was easy to work with. Great. Do you think other people should do it? Well, I can tell you more and more people are doing it. Uh, seeing is believing. All right. Very cool. Yeah. So, Asan, I know you're working on other stuff. We put in a saturated buffer over in Hillsdale County together. So do you want to tell us about a few projects you've been working on in the state? Yeah. So with with this control drainage, also we appreciate our producer partners on this project. We couldn't do this project without them. It's a teamwork. We work together. And that, like John mentioned, that you know we we have these meetings and we talk about the data and the results. And so we, there are things that um, when we show data, then John and they he he you know they mention he shows you know explanation. He gives us an explanation why this could be happening, which because he is managing that farm, he he knows best. So it helps us to meet annually and talk about what the results are showing and you know they can actually shed some light about some of the outcomes that we're getting and it helps us summarize it better and write about it and make conclusions that are better than just on our own looking at our own data and so that that's i we really appreciate that um to be able to do this on-farm experiment like i mentioned is very valuable in my opinion on-farm experiments it's, it's it's unique uh, it's very valuable and it's necessary for evaluating this, these conservation drainage practices. The other ones, the other projects we're working on is a saturated buffer. Again, Lenawee County, uh, we have one system there and we're looking at the performance of the water quality um, performance of that system as well, similar to this system. But the, the systems are a little bit different, but it's, again, um, the ultimate goal is to improve water quality at the farm level and see how, how good it can be. Because eventually, um, if we if we show how you know impactful these are and what crop yield they can produce, then we, we hope that we can increase the voluntary adoption of these practices because these are all voluntary. They, you know, farmers, for example, they have a buffer strip or control drainage or all these practices. The ones, the, most of the wastewater treatment plants are regulated, but we want to keep it voluntary. We don't want regulations. And that's why it's important for us to show how good it is. So others know, is this worth it? Is this going to work on the farm? How good is it going to be? And how much yield benefit? What is it going to have for me? So that's why it's very important to do this project, especially because it's local. You know, it's something in Michigan. Uh, because things, uh, climate, you know, soils, things vary. So it's, it must be done 
locally based on our conditions here. So we can actually expand on it, generalize to other similar similar farms and say how good it was to do this practice and it was good for yield and it was good for water quality. So, uh, Asan, if people want to get involved with you or look at some of your research, what would you tell them? I would tell them that it's a lot of fun. Um, you will learn a lot of new things, a lot of amazing, really fascinating new things um, about, you know, how nutrients leave the farm, what time they, you know, what happens for them to leave. So it's all very interesting. There's, it's a very complex system. It's so complex, but we are getting better understanding. So there's learning new knowledge involved, some of the really cool things, because we have meetings uh, every year and, you know, we tell the, our uh, partners that these are the things we found. So that's what they will gain. They will learn a few new things and they, they will actually get to try some of these technologies like in control drainage system with the control structure, learning how to use some of that, some of those. I think that you are the most excited guy I've ever met about drainage. I don't know, John, would you agree that Asan is, he really gets into it? Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> and and one thing that makes uh, us farmers excited about it, if you look at the cost of fertilizer now, if we can keep those nutrients in the ground, that's uh, going to go easy on our wallet. Yeah, excellent point. Uh I would love to put Asan's uh, website in the show notes so everybody can get to it if they want to read uh, some of the bulletins that you've written and use your tools that you have. Uh, does that work for you? Is there anything you want to give a plug on your website for? The website has general resources about water quality and drainage, performance. Um, you can find many different things. You, if you, you know, if you if you had iron ochre issue, then you can find information. If you have root clogging, it's there. Sediment clogging, it's there. Um, new, some of the cool things that is there is called uh, is mole drains. That's some of the new cool things that is there. It has attracted a lot of attention. That's the Uper uh, way, and now everyone else knows, hey? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, it's tried UP in the UP. Um, we know some some have tried it there, but there's more interest coming. So there's information on the website. There's tools and um, that are more specific for designing, not so much about uh, learning or finding an issue with the drainage system. It's more about designing it. Mm -hmm. Another important thing that is on the website is we have a. Uh, we're going to have information about the drainage design workshop, right. our annual drainage design workshop. We have we have a full um, school every year, and usually we have more to manage. Mm -hmm. So the next one is coming during the MSU spring break. It's going to be in Michigan. Mm -hmm. I be. took... Uh, the Overholt Drainage School in Ohio once. Uh, that was, it was, I'll tell you what, it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of hands-on good stuff. Um, I really appreciated Drainage School. And if anybody does this on the regular, totally worth it. 
We'll totally make right. sure to share that also that information in the meet in the notes for this mm-hmm. the post. So. I love that you brought that to Michigan, Asan. Yeah. Um, I think we're getting to the end of our time today. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners before we end today? The bulk of our listeners are farmers. And so, um, John, if you have anything to, you just really want to drive home about a producer who needs to make those practical decisions on their farm for their management. Uh, Is there any final like suggestion you would like to make? Well, I think everybody's farm's different. Everybody looks at things different. And I farm different than my neighbors. Uh, Right now, all my fields will be green this fall because they all have cover crop. So I've been very conscious about retaining nutrients. And, you know, if you're not a cover crop guy, you can get into uh, water management and put structures in and save your nutrients that way. So excellent. a couple ways to do it, hey? Yeah. And and I'd like to see, you know, I always was fascinated by soils in, in college. And you know that that's a world that we're really seem to be learning a lot about right now. <laughs> and uh, I think nutrients fit in very closely how they're tied up in the soil, how they're released. And uh, I think that would be a complementary field to what we're doing in drainage water management. Excellent. That sounds great. Isan, any last note you take home you want to make sure gets out there? Nope. Stay warm. Uh, (laughs) um, Do great work. Make a difference in other people's lives. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks well, thank for- you all for joining. Yes. Including mm-hmm. you, Sarah. You're a great guest host. I, I appreciate having you on. But um, I just want to mention to everyone that we the In the Weed series is getting posted uh, every other week right now. So keep checking back as we're through the, I call it the non-cropping season, even though they're still corn out on the field right now, getting harvested with the snow. But um, just keep checking back and uh, there'll be complimentary podcasts that go with this one um, for the series. But also we have past ones with Chad Penn, um, who also does some nutrient remediation work in the fields, kind of like Isan. And we have some other ones with um, Marin McRae, who kind of looks at it from a cover crop perspective and soil dynamics. So Uh, Just take a look on our past ones, and I'll include some that I think are pretty directly related in the notes as well. So have a great day. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by the MSU Extension Field Crops Team. For more podcasts or information, please visit us at canr.msu.edu backslash field underscore crops. Thanks for listening.